0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 40 Guard Live. I'm Derek Mankey and joining me once again, no surprise, here is my esteemed colleague Amar Lakhani. It's great to see you again, Amar. How are
1: you doing? I'm doing good, but I have a a bad prediction. Winter is coming. Or is that too dated (laughs) reference now? But uh, winter is definitely coming and that means uh, probably attacks are going to be on the rise
0: yeah absolutely winter is coming it does go though so that's good we've seen that in the past but absolutely we got to hunker down and, and prepare for this and let's talk about that what, what's on the horizon and, and what we're seeing today right um a couple of things just to refresh on since we last talked right one um vaccine fake vaccine passports these, these are hot we knew they were going to be hot we issued a blog that talked about and, and showed samples of a lot of these being sold on on uh, dark web, as an example, and forums, right? So a lot of these are fake credentials, and, and, and it's, it's very region-specific. In Canada, as an example, we use QR codes. Uh, in, in the US, I know that's paper-based, international. You have private and public key uh, you know, cryptography, as an example. So we're seeing it's, it's a it's a big melting pot, right? And, and But the thing is, we're starting to see the issuers themselves now being targeted, right? There's been some cases of this, and I think that's something we can expect to see moving forward more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So first, what we saw on the darknet websites was just basically a fake paper vaccine passports or vaccine cards. And, uh, you you know, it was just a copy of, like, uh, you know, something that looked very, really legitimate, but nothing really special at that point. As more and more vaccine passports get a little more advanced using mobile apps, using uh, private and public keys, uh, the issuers themselves, uh, the people that are actually, you know, giving and handing out those vaccine passports, the legitimate ones, are getting attacked. And the idea is, like, if they can attack those issuers, then they can pretty much issue fake legitimate, uh, you know, vaccine passports to whoever, whoever wants to buy them. That's a little scary. I think what remains to be seen is like, how much attackers are going to make money off this versus how much effort they're putting into attacking the issuers. But, you know, once again, if you're in any type of healthcare industry, uh, security has to be top of mind, especially if you're a healthcare provider.
0: Yeah. Well, one of the nice things, as we know about the uh, you know asymmetric cryptography is that with the keys, they can at least be revoked and reissued. So, so there's that piece. But it's going to be a lot of this cat and mouse game, I think, that we've seen in the past. So definitely keep an eye on that. Um, on, on the malware front, there's always something new every day. Uh, first of all, let's talk about ransomware. Um, So there has been um, quite a bit of development. We just released a a threat signal talking about um, chaos ransomware now being in in the spotlight. And what's interesting about this one is that we're really starting to see, you know, cyber criminals put more layers into their ransomware, more strategy, right? So it's not, you know, first of all, about, you know, one to two years ago, we started to see more, um, you know, hunting for backups, right? Shadow copies, things like that to delete them. So that's the strategy of the defenders becomes less effective. That's become more commonplace, but what what's disturbing now is we're starting to see, like with chaos, um, it has a destructive trend, right? It was looking for specific files, anything that was under uh, three megabytes, as an example, it would encrypt, but anything larger than that, it would essentially wipe out. Uh, it would fill with uh, you know uh, with random bytes, effectively destroying the files. Um, and you know I think that attackers are starting to to use this um, to, to to their advantage to leverage it, right? In, in other words putting an underscore on like on the severity and risk of these threats
1: right so first of all it's encrypting small files the majority of your documents themselves are usually small files um, I guess it, unless you're like me you put videos in all your powerpoints but other than that most people have smaller files for the, their documents especially word documents excel documents things of that nature so it encrypts them extremely fast it doesn't have to wait a long time for them to encrypt so your files are pretty much gone the time you get the ransomware and then on top of that they're destroying files that are larger than that and uh, then that criteria which means that most likely, and we don't know this for sure, but most likely, even if you pay the ransom, you're not going to be able to recover all your files. And who knows in your situation? Like most of your files could be larger than the three megs or whatever that criteria is. So it does show the destructive side, as you were saying. It also shows like just how much more aggressive these are. These threat actors are getting, and that that's kind of scary, right? I mean, because they're really going after, really going after things that matter to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: And uh, speaking of things that matter, platforms, right? And we've talked about this before um, in our Threat Landscape report, IoT-based threats, Maribon, and is number one. We've seen a lot of Linux threats now, like IoT-based threats, of course, have been Uh, In in the spotlight, ELF binaries as an example. So actual malware code being written and supported to run on these platforms. Of course, Windows malware has been around a long time, like W32 malware and so forth. But what's disturbing is we're starting to see more Mac malware as well. This isn't the first Mac malware, of course, that's been written, but we're seeing more sophisticated ones now. We just released uh, uh, um, an update on this also on um, update agent, right? So this was actually specifically designed to bypass Gatekeeper, which is a security feature on Mac uh, to, to essentially, you know, only run trusted applications on the system, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking about Mac OS, uh, the, the desktop laptop version of the Mac, not not iOS, not, not the iPhones, but we're actually talking about the operating system. And you're right. So Macs, you traditionally don't hear about malware, but it doesn't mean malware does not exist on Macs. It absolutely does exist. Um, you know, there have been like good security um, techniques that the OS uses with Gatekeeper, for example, which is a built-in tool into the OS uh, from Apple that actually does catch a lot of attacks. But this particular tool, not only bypassed it, but it also had the opportunity for attackers to update their malware several times. So it updated, added functionality to it. Luckily, right now, it looks like it was mostly an info stealer, but once again, that functionality could have been anything. It could be something much more malicious and they were bypassing a lot of the internal security checks. So uh, once again, uh, you know, like third party uh, software, uh, antivirus, other types of EDR products were able to catch this. Uh, At the same time, Apple did update their gatekeeper software to catch the malware as well. But I think this is just the beginning, right? Or right. we, We've said that for a while. We're going to see more and more Mac malware. We're going to see more and more sophisticated Mac malware. And we've already seen a Mac malware to the new chip architecture that they're using, the ARM-based right. architecture that they're using. So they don't care about that. They're, they're well on their way. Uh, the newer the operating system, the newer the chips, the newer uh, the opportunity it is for attackers to pretty much try and get away with the attack.
0: Yeah, it's a great point on the architecture. Also, a great point on the solutions, though, right? The good news about this is that we can actually scan through and detect. We can understand that file format and code with, with 45 Labs and our AV product, as an example, uh, whether that's on EDR through the gateway. Uh, there's definitely applications of that. But going back to what you talked about, keep in mind, you know, you, you get. Th- this is a big deal because they—it's like any development company—they have to be able to support that platform, right? They got to be able to write it and support that architecture and release new versions of that, just like any development company would. Which means that they're getting serious into that game too. So um, that I think that just really does, you know, back up the fact that we're like, like you said, we are going to be in for a ride here and see more of this uh, in the future.
1: Uh,
0: so tis the season, uh, Amar, as we like to say, right? And uh, speaking of winter is coming, um, online shopping follows with that, of course, right? And we've seen, um, we've released two blogs on this, right? So the first part of our blog highlighted some very interesting things we're seeing out there. First thing was a fake gift card generator. So anytime you have online shopping and the holiday season coming up, you have a lot of transactions taking place. Some of those transactions, of course, and what do people like to give for gifts? Gift cards, right? Uh, Unfortunately, cyber criminals also like to uh, sell fake gift cards. They like to um, capitalize on this for social engineering engineering lures. And we saw this, right? We saw a fake gift card generator that was being distributed. Of course, it's an executable. So it's one of those, if it's too good to be true, it is, right? Because when you run this, it's actually infecting your system. What was interesting with this piece of malware uh, was that it was actually targeting crypto wallet addresses, right, which is very clever. So any any cryptocurrency transaction, you are having to usually take your wallet address. Uh, So if you wanna send money, you you wanna take, you wanna get the wallet address of the recipient and you have to put it into the transaction. And this is a large address, right? Yeah, you can write it down on a piece of paper, but these are over 40 characters in length. People generally aren't gonna do that. Even if it's a cold storage wallet, like something that plugs into a USB to your computer, uh, for your own wallet address as an example, if you're receiving funds, um, you're likely going to be going into that and copying that address and pasting it. And this is what they were banking on in this piece in in this uh, infection and piece of malware. So they were actually intercepting it's an API hook, right? They're intercepting the call to copy and paste what people do as part of their workflow and just simply replace the wallet address with the attackers, right? So it's it's a payment diversion thing. and of course they're trying to um, to hope that the victim didn't see, that swap take place
1: right yeah so it's not the first time we've seen a similar attack where uh, attackers have tried to replace a wallet address on where you're sending money to that that's that's a very common type of attack um you know i'll uh, you know before i get to, into the gift cards i will just say you know best practices anytime you're sending uh cryptocurrency you should change your own wallet address uh, every time you just create a new one or create a sub wallet address so that way it doesn't like look like you're sending money from the same wallet address every single time and there's a lot of reasons behind that like security reasons protection for yourself as well but on top of that just getting to the whole gift card thing i think this year we're definitely going to see uh you know a lot of gift gift card attacks or scams that are going to be out there even just general scams because uh that is going to be one of the biggest holiday you know, as a lot of things are going to be out of stock, we still have supply chain issues. And I know we can talk about this on and on, which I'm sure we probably will closer to the holidays. But I think gift cards are going to be a target, a, a, an attack rich target for uh, threat actors to try and scam people and, if, if not, uh, fool people or have other types of malware related items related to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and they have in the past, and they they'll continue to be as long as gift cards exist. Right, it's a popular target. The other thing, popular target, and for social engineering lures, are gaming consoles and things that are in almost impossible to find right short demand with uh or sorry um, short supply high demand right with the the uh, chip shortage of course that's happening so we're talking playstation 5 xbox one and so forth uh, we've also in that same blog we talk about uh, weaponized pdf documents no surprise there right but these sorts of targets again keep in mind uh what they were doing there is actually weaponizing the pdf document to have a button um posing as a captcha inside so verify if you're human or not of course the bank uh, what happens is that the end user the victim would click on that button and be redirected to a phishing site right so it's just another way to try to drive traffic without being too suspicious basically
1: yeah absolutely so once again the attack is not really the the captcha it's really clicking on that button that act of the button uh whether it's redirecting you to a phishing site which was happening in this case or even running code like uh you know locally on that system which is always a possibility so a lot of phishing sites i've also started to see some phishing sites happen on twitter like if you are if you like you know google like Hey, uh, accounts that will give me alerts on, you know, when stock will be on the latest uh, game station, you know, PC consoles or, you know, gaming cards or whatever, whatever is a hot item, there'll be a lot of phishing links happening on those accounts as well. So be careful who you follow, especially these deal follow accounts that are coming up, especially the new ones that have no history, that can be a little scary as well.
0: Yeah, of course with any of these uh, there's still email borne threats in this case so secure webmail gateways is, is a is a good way to go when it comes to trying to protect against these but education still right being aware about a lot of these things is is key because they're always trying to get around and circumvent uh the human mind, right, and practices. So Um, Yeah, and and the the other blog that we put out was, so phishing, we see a lot of these phishing campaigns, a lot of them are set up and torn down pretty quickly, they change really quick, sometimes it's just one target, but uh, recently we released a blog also on um, a whole bunch of well-known brand names that were being tied to one campaign, so this indicates that it's one crime, this is organized crime again, Organized cybercrime, one sim kit likely behind this. So, all of these domains, there's a lot of them, mostly on the dot shop cctld, right? So, um, and, and what they're doing is setting up these sites looking completely like the brand name site, right? So, essentially ripping off these sites, logo and all, uh, including products, very well organized, look very legitimate. But if you look at the domain again, um, usually there's one letter missing, right? So, typo squatting, but quite clever on that. Uh, freshly registered domains all to the same registrar, so they're pointing to the same place. Of course, what they're doing with this is offering these high retail uh, products for a very low price, right? And of course, it's again, it's one of those two get to be true things to look out for. But what's interesting about this is it's not just going after one target, right? They're really trying to, uh, to expand their portfolio of the cyber criminals. And um, it's not just one off on a phishing campaign. Uh, In this case, they're being much more organized about it and actually even accepting payments through these uh, portals as well.
1: Yeah, they're almost uh, doing like spray type attacks only with like brands. So they're basically spraying like all these uh, scam websites with different types of brands that they know that attract people. Uh, Once again, as you mentioned a couple of times, these deals look too good to be true and they normally are, right? Uh, Usually steep discounts that are unheard of, right? You've never seen them before and you're getting like all these very well known brands, high end brands at a very big discount. At best, you're getting something that's uh, that's a fake or counterfeit right. product. Uh, most of the time, it's not even that. Most of the time, those shops disappear after you hand them their mo- hand them money.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate all your, your thoughts and insights. Again, Omar, it's great talking to you. Uh, this is Derek you with 40Guard Live. You can check out our blog on blog.40Net.com under the Threat Research category. You'll find everything we've been talking about there on, and more, as well as some good mitigation and uh, security solution advice on everything. Thank you.